it to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today. And I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, all things relationship, well-being and yoga. And today my special guest is Beth and she is London's leading teacher in Solomon Yoga Lattes. She trained with the Louise Solomon, who's the foundation of Yoga Lattes, in 2014, receiving a 500-hour qualification in this official blend of yoga and Pilates. She gained her advanced Hatha yoga teaching qualification on the foothills of the Himalayas in 2016. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> and over years has continued to develop her learning and teaching skills with esteemed teachers such as Norman Blair, Tiffany Krushank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leslie Kaminoff and Bernie Clark. She is passionate about helping people improve their posture, breathing, strength, flexibility, and overall well-being, and believes that strength-based Pilates is a huge benefit to yoga students keen to maintain healthy mobility and sustainable practice in the long term. So welcome, Beth. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. That's all right. So yeah, interesting. I've only just started teaching yoga lattes actually, but how did you get into it? Oh, uh, okay. I wasn't, I didn't know you, you taught yeah. yoga lattes. That's <laughs> yeah. so exciting. I actually covered a class a couple of weeks ago. I was thinking, I don't know how to do Pilates, but I'll give it a go. And actually, it was really good. <laughs> Come and do my training. Come and do my yes, training. Yes, I I'm, should. <laughs> this is the second time I'm running it. Um, it's starting next month and um, it's just about kind of equipping yoga teachers with skills to bring more kind of strength and stability work into their classes um, because I feel like this is something that's really lacking uh, for me in the yoga world you know we get a lot of people who are really into yoga and they're very very flexible um, but oftentimes you know injuries can crop up through this lack of kind of there's a lack of the strength work and and you know I love yoga I know what it's like you know you roll out the mat you just want to do some lovely flowing yoga and it, it feels great um, for your body. But I think long term, what we're noticing is there's a lot of uh, injuries, potential injuries going on for people, particularly things like knees and um, hips and shoulders as well. I mean, you look at something like Chaturanga, which is, you know, a lot of people do that kind of um, that flow, you know, up dog to Chaturanga, or Chaturanga to up dog rather. <laughs> um, and there can be this real, I mean, this is very common in the yoga world now. We're aware of this, you know, um, pressure that, that, is, that is going into the, the front of the shoulders if people aren't aligning properly with it. Yeah. And I think there's, there's more focus on that, but there's not so much. I, I think there's, a, there's a, perhaps a, a slight lack of focus on how we can get the shoulders strong enough to be able to deal with that. So we understand the alignment about doing a, a better chaturanga, but we don't, you know, I think personally, weights work, for example, um, I, I'm bringing that more into my yoga lattes classes uh, and 
And I feel like these days people are a little bit more open to it, working against resistance, doing more strength and stability training, and particularly using things like weights and bands. Um, bands I've been using for, for absolutely years in my class. Oh, fans, they're amazing. They've been something, yeah, that we, we were always taught to use from the beginning as soon as I trained with Louise, but weights has, um, has been something I've sort of been doing more of since the pandemic because, you know, when I used to hire classes, I used to hire spaces like church halls or I would hire community spaces and I would put on classes there. Um, you know, I couldn't really bring my own <laughs> hand weights, right? If you're in a gym, it's it's easy you have all the stuff there but I never really taught in gyms I would always put on my own classes mainly because yoga lattes was something people didn't really know about and I would I approached a few places and people weren't that interested in in putting on these classes and I thought well I'm gonna do it you know I'm gonna I'm gonna set them up myself and then I grew my community that way um and then so these days people are a little bit more interested in it but um I'm, I'm going off on, on a track there but all right. <laughs> to kind of say about the weights yeah I think since the pandemic hit I moved my business online and ma mainly it's online now my business and, and of course people have weights at home it's brilliant yeah. so using more props actually in a way I feel like online is better because if you're not in a yoga studio you often don't have all the props you need especially for something like yin yoga which I teach as well you need so many bolsters and cushions and support supportive uh, props around and if you're teaching in a community hall you know I, there was a time when I was um, lugging around like 16 bolsters um, for, <laughs> I mean. you know, for a yin event and and I and you know it, it's tricky I think at home it's much better because you, you have all the props you need and, and it's great to see my students investing in things like bolsters and weights yes. and really getting their own equipment together yeah. yeah definitely and where did you so you qualified or teach um or taught even or found it in the himalayas did you go just for a retreat or did you just go out there for traveling and no i went out there um to further my training because um i'd done like a long qualification with louise in yoga lattes and the you know with, with yoga i think a 200 hour qualification really just touches the surface scratches the surface and i knew i wanted to do my 300 hour and so I looked to doing it in India and got some recommendations um, and actually found a great school and a brilliant teacher. We were very lucky because I think in Rishikesh, there are so many yoga schools or as they call them, <laughs> yoga factories. Right? Like, you're just churning out yoga students all the time. We were very lucky to have a really good teacher, actually, um, because to be honest, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really know where to where to look with getting the right yoga school. I think I got yeah. a couple of recommendations from people, um, but I think there are just so many yoga schools out there. It's easy if you don't know what you're looking for to just sort of pick something. And I think it's it's really that's what I would say to anyone like looking to train as a yoga teacher: just be really careful about where you're going and who you're learning with, because there's just so many schools out there who are offering trainings of varying quality yeah definitely and yeah. I think that's also why with my teacher training that I'm doing so I'm so the course that I'm offering at the moment and this is the second time I'll be running it is 80 hour CPD course for qualified yoga teachers because I I don't feel like I want to <laughs> qualify anyone as a yoga teacher yeah. um there's just so much isn't there to learn and, and I and so what I what I've done is I've created a course for qualified yoga teachers to expand their teaching with yoga lattes so it's a sort of CPD extra training um, and it's not certified with yoga alliance because for me I just really got very disenchanted with yoga alliance and 
how like the quality of the tra trainings that they um, recognize and I just felt like it was more about the money than actually about the quality of the the, the courses themselves yeah and I just feel like there's so many 200 hour teacher trainings out there and they're not really in this is just my opinion but I don't feel there's enough regulation I mean this is yeah that's the thing now it's become more westernized so many people are like oh I'm a yoga teacher oh I'm a yoga teacher oh are you right okay <laughs> so many people are now and yeah I think it's it's difficult to find your uniqueness as well when you're trying to teach especially when I have new people in my class I will always say to them if you didn't like it that's fine it's just you haven't found your teacher yet and I think a lot of people, well, people stay and it's fine. But yeah, I think a lot of people then really think, oh, okay, yeah, I do. I did like that or I didn't like that. And go and find someone else that you do resonate with or that you do want to work with. But at the same time, yeah, so many people doing it and other people teaching it wrong as well. <clears throat> Not wrong, just, I don't know, have that. Well, there are things, yeah, there are. I mean, I, mean, I, I have a real problem really with... The fact that yoga was you know well if we're just talking about yoga asana so the physical practice yeah. of yoga it's specifically it was designed for men by men yes. you know for male bodies yeah and women don't have the same bodies <laughs> you know we it's it's not so, you know and so there is more injury for women in the yoga world because i don't feel like the postures these sort of for me kind of quite extreme yoga postures you see people like even beginners trying to attempt these things without with with actually quite you know tight hips for example because we're sitting at desks all day because we weren't brought up in a culture where we were sitting on the floor cross-legged a lot of the time yeah you know um squatting for some people is just really like challenging yeah and yet you know um an Indian person who grew up in Indian culture perhaps wouldn't find the squat that challenging because their bodies are different depending on how they've been you know brought up and their lifestyle so it's like we're trying to get our bodies into these postures that actually our bodies aren't catered for necessarily yes, um, yeah. and and I mean some people can do it no problem these postures but then there's a lot of people out there who are sort of who go to classes and are sort of have the feeling that they're expected to do this stuff you know there's big yeah. mixed ability classes out there with some people who are really advanced and other people who are brand new and are struggling to get into these binds and you know and, and yeah and so yoga injury in the west is a really big problem I think it is definitely and do you find with the pilates that is decreasing injuries as well so it's the more you practice both yoga and yoga well yoga and pilates bringing yeah. it together it then builds your strength up better so you have less injuries I think so but also there's a bunch of different ways you can build strength and stability. It doesn't have to be through Pilates. I really like Pilates though. I actually wanted to be a Pilates teacher before I even got really enthusiastic about yoga. It was my <laughs> first passion. I, I used, cause I was a very clumsy, very accident prone person growing up and uh, would always be picked last for sports. And <laughs> I think my teachers would be amazed if they knew what I did now. Um, <laughs> like naturally mal-coordinated, quite clumsy. And, and so Pilates gave me this kind of real sense of precision and efficacy of movement that I lacked. So this kind of very kind of um, uh, strong practice, but 
but also very streamlined and um, slow and controlled. And it really helped me, you know, become better at sort of balance coordination, um, all of these things. And, and also I am sort of slightly hypermobile as well. So it was great to work from the core and get this sort of um, focus on the center and everything sort of movement emerging out of the center of the body. Um, and certainly my learning about core stability has developed over the years. So yeah. um, I don't think about it. I don't really teach Pilates with that kind of traditional, like pulling the navel back to the spine. I, yeah. I, I think it's much nicer to sort of have this sort of relying on the breath as nat for natural core stability in this pressure system with the breath and yeah. the natural core stability that happens with that and not yeah. necessarily needing to sort of over engage, but you know, so my, my, my attitude towards core stability has changed, but I really like, uh really like traditional pilates i just think i mean these days i'm doing a little bit of everything i'm doing a hit class once a week um i like to cycle um you know i haven't swum for ages but i love swimming and yeah i just think trying to find different things to complement my yoga practice because i do love doing yeah. yoga but i feel like it's really important to to not just do one thing and yeah, especially yeah. yoga which can be really like if you're a woman and you're flexible and you really like this kind of stuff it's it's really important to, to recognize that your body needs, needs, you know, you need strength work as well as mobility yeah. work. Welcome, dear one, to Paradise. We are Collective Seeking Paradise. It is a feeling, not a place. And we believe that we hold all wisdom for healing. We share our experiences throughout our journeys, as well as gain tools and support to flow through life's highs and lows. We are here on a sole mission to guide each other through the process of finding the path to paradise. Now we have incredible news for you. In spring 2022, we are expanding our services to include our own app called paradise movement and we want to offer you exclusive access this will include to have our virtual sanctuary as you know it paradise movement however with the launch of our new app there will no longer be a third-party platform we will just be a click away this is a really easy to use app with lots of healing tools e-programs and courses and lots and lots of healers which will help you on your path i am one of these healers so come over to this amazing app. It is incredible. Go to www.paradisemovementmvmnt.com for you to sign up and include yourself in this lifetime access for our full online sanctuary and for you to be healed. And with the breathwork, do you teach the breathwork as well? Like what would you say if someone's really anxious and stressed out, what breath work would you say can't go to that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is why I love yoga lattes. The combination of the two came together for me. Um, I actually, the way I found yoga lattes was I was touring as an actor because I was an actor for about 10 years before, oh. I, um, before I trained as a, as a yoga lattes teacher. And I was doing an acting job in Venice and I couldn't go to the gym and do Pilates. So I was really into doing my Pilates at the time. And the other actor that was there, who's now, funnily enough, a yoga teacher as well, um, <laughs> so many actors go into it, uh, she had this DVD, you know, this yoga artist, she said, oh, I'll try it. And I was like, oh, it sounds really, well, like yoga yeah. artist, sounds like yoga and coffee, what, uh, weird. <laughs> yeah. um, and she said, no, give it a go. And I, I absolutely loved it because it was, because I was a very anxious teenager. I used to get really sick from like exams and stuff, like, like mm -hmm. physically sick. So for me, 
the connection between the mind and the body was really always really obvious because I would you know I would be so panicked about an upcoming exam and I would I wouldn't sleep and I would be physically sick every night before an exam and it became like this pattern I was in and I was put on beta blockers to manage the anxiety and I don't I honestly don't remember it helping I was still suffering from all of those um uh that reaction because it was so much in my mind I you know I can't you can't turn off your thoughts right so um so when I so when I was really into Pilates found yoga lattes it was like wow you know this is this is the best of both worlds because you you know what I feel Pilates kind of lacks is is that more mindful um aspect and, and actually that kind of like nice centering at the beginning the relaxation at the end the incorporation of breath work and so I absolutely do bring those elements into my classes I think it's really important it's the whole point it is a combination of both yoga and Pilates so it's bookended like a yoga class but you'll will kind of have more yeah we'll incorporate core stability work as well as like targeting certain areas like I said to you the shoulders shoulder stability and also hip stability really important I think for yeah yeah I think definitely understanding about how the glutes uh how the anatomy of the glutes this is something we do a lot with the teacher training understanding the glute muscles and the anatomy involved there and um, how some parts of the glutes are overworked, other parts are underutilized. And this is something I, I find just so fascinating. Um, and Pilates is really focused on. So bringing up these muscles that are underutilized and potentially on the weak side and, uh, and trying to kind of calm down those muscles that are so <laughs> used to taking on the whole workload of everything. So if you like look at around the joint, you, you ideally want the balance of all the muscles working in harmony but it's kind of like what can happen is so if you look at the upper trapezius for example up here the shoulders it can be really tight for many people the upper trapezius and then the lower trapezius is is a more stabilizing muscle but often it's switched off because we for one reason we often hunch the shoulders forward and we're not using those stabilizing muscles of the lower lower part of the shoulder uh, so um if you, i often think about it like um you know, like an, in a workplace, if your colleague goes away on holiday for three weeks and not only are you doing your job, but you're also taking on their job as well. And inevitably what happens is burnout, right? You can't yeah. sustain that. And so if you, you know, you're looking at these muscles for the upper trapezius, because the lower trapezius isn't doing its job, the upper trapezius is taking on the lower trapezius job. And, and you know, and so it's becoming chronically tight and, and shortened and, and just kind of overworked. And um, over time, that can lead to injury. So, you know, these muscles can't sustain that really. Um, yeah, yeah. There could, there could be problems that can can evolve, and yeah. certainly, I think a lot of issues in the body can be helped by kind of rebalancing this kind of cohesion, cohesive support around the joints. Especially because most of us are still maybe working from home, so we're all hunched over. We're either like at the kitchen table or something like that. And totally. yeah, just the yeah. posture in, yeah. in the way we are now is worse than what we were two years ago. Totally, you know, and uh, yeah, this is also why I'm really, like I love yoga Pilates because it's a real, Pilates does really focus on trying to improve our posture and awareness. And then again, that's how the yoga feeds in, right? Because yoga is a lot about body awareness and tuning in and, and interception, really understanding uh, our spatial awareness and, and and getting better at tuning into that stuff so that will then feed into the 
the Pilates in a better way because we're really tuned into what muscles are engaging and what aren't engaging and how we can create greater balance and noticing when we're sitting at a desk, you know, is there a, you know, can we, you know, do we need to move? What's, what's feeling tight? And, and so I think yoga can be so helpful for developing that inner awareness of where the body is in space and, and whether something is, is helpful. But I also think um, there's too much emphasis on like correct posture you know yes largely talk about the neutral spine and sorry i'm, I'm just going That's off right, carry on <laughs> um going you know the neutral spine is is sort of hailed as this ideal posture but more and more i thought people are moving away from that and, and opening up to the idea that there's not one posture that's the right posture that actually we yeah. need to move the body in all the different directions for the body to be healthy we can't just hold the body you know stuck still in one pose yeah. uh, all the time and so uh, even working at a desk you know even if you're sitting upright and, and neutral spine all day that's not going to be helpful either it's about kind of moving the body and and um yeah yeah because also every body is different as well so what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person totally right yeah yeah, yeah. and that- a lot of things to contribute to that like injury history our genetics um how we you know spend our time do we if we have kids you know do have like do we carry them on one side of the body rather than the other and and then these imbalances can develop but you're right you know everyone is 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 completely individual and unique and it's not about trying to make everyone perfect either it's about just finding what's perfect what's right for you yeah and what feels right you know not everyone's gonna we don't want to get everyone looking exactly the same that's not (laughs) the point but it's finding finding what what is right for you and your body and um and again that's where the yoga comes in you know so so yeah I I mean I'm just so passionate about both these things I just love the combo it just seems to work really well for me and I think um yeah I I think having a healthy cardio practice and then bringing in yoga and pilates it's really nice you get all three kind of things yeah yeah that is really nice and what do you do on your retreats like how is your retreat set out do you do one in the morning, one in the evening, like practices, and then you can go off and do the rest of your day or what do you kind of do? Yeah, so um, I'm running, so we had a retreat booked um, in May, 2020 in the South of France <laughs> and it was almost sold out. And then of course the pandemic happened and we yeah. couldn't do it. Um, and I've, I've, yeah, so we moved it to last year and then finally we can do it this year, which is so nice. exciting and it's happening in May. So late May, south of France, and there's literally like one spot left. So if anyone's listening to this, you might be able to get in (laughs) if you're interested. Um, Yeah, we do yoga lattes in the morning. So we'll have like a juice to begin with. We'll have a yoga lattes practice. And then um, our wonderful chef. So my good friend and um, she, I actually met her through a retreat I went on and she catered for. And I was just so blown away by her plant-based food. This chef called Nicoletta. She lives in Bulgaria and um, she's just fantastic. And I'm a real sweet tooth person. So she always makes the most incredible desserts. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with her. It's the first time we'll be working together. Um, and she's actually running like a little workshop, like a bliss ball making workshop. So there's like um, making different types and, and that will be quite fun. And then we'll, so we'll basically have the day free. We're going to offer some sort of hikes in the local area. um, There's massages on offer. There's a pool there. It's going to be great. And so if people just want to chill out, they can, or if they want to do more activities, they can. And then in the afternoon, we'll have, uh, I'll be leading them through a yin yoga practice and yoga nidra. 
so just like I said to you, you know, I'm really like typically type A personality. So that sort of like really driven, anxiety prone, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so for me, yin yoga is a wonderful kind of complement to these more active practices. And love yin, yeah. Oh, my body just feels like it. It sort of just drops, you know, in from a yoga from a yin yoga practice. It's like everything sort of becomes softer and more easeful and. I feel like we just, we all need more of that in our lives. <laughs> so I, I that's a huge part of what I teach these days is yin, and I think I feel like actually it's it's as popular as anything I, I offer with the yoga lattes because I feel like people just want to just lie down and yeah. just ground and uh, and and so that's a big part of my retreats now. So in the in the afternoon evenings we'll run I run a yin yoga class and then one evening we've got a sound bath as well someone's coming from oh, a local nice. sound bath yeah it, it'll be great I'm really really looking forward to getting away and yeah. finally teaching another retreat I've taught a few in the past but yeah it'll be it feels like a long time yeah <laughs> <laughs> and probably quite a few people haven't been away so it will be really nice to just go away yeah I feel like there's been a, real, been a real appetite for it recently I don't know if you've experienced that Gemma but like yeah. people are just dying yeah. to get away away yeah. yeah we went away actually at the weekend we went to Devon but it's still not abroad but yeah it was just nice just to get out the house if you know what oh, I mean <laughs> Devon's beautiful it's I was so there. lovely there's a really nice um, meditation retreat place there called Guy House which I, I only oh. sort of for the first time discovered recently and it's it was the first silent meditation retreat I've been on oh, and it amazing. was quite intense but it was like it was quite relaxed if you're looking for something like if you're interested in doing a vipassana um but you're a bit like for me slightly intimidated by the stories I've heard from people going into India and doing a vipassana. Yeah. <laughs> they were like it's intense I remember my friend saying she couldn't um they didn't let her exercise or read or anything wow. um and obviously she couldn't talk it was hours and hours of meditation day and so she would lock herself in her room and strip off because there was no air conditioning and she'd just do sun salutations in her room in secret because nice. <laughs> um, she was just like i have to do something you need to do something yeah um but guy house was really great because it wasn't it was like the person a light like it was there was no pressure to attend every session you didn't you know you, you could talk if you needed to um and actually times we were encouraged to to, to voice how we were finding the experience yeah and, uh, there was like sort of moments we could share in the questions we could ask the teachers it was really great actually it was sort of more of a personal development course because the teachers who led it would have talks every day and it was just fantastic to really dive into meditation yeah yeah and do you find you do meditation more as well being what you do you do it for your own practice you know, like that's sort of become my daily practice. Actually, I don't know if you found this, Gemma, but yes. like actually time yes. and stillness and yeah. sitting is the most important thing. And I will always make time for that. Um, I mean, I say always. <laughs> there are certainly <laughs> days when I, when I can't, but like, um, you know, most of the week, most of the time I will, I will have that morning practice and it might be short or it might be longer. Um, it's just so important for me to start the day with some moment, with some time and stillness. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, my thoughts are still there. It's not like I'm like, I can, you know, I haven't found the golden key, just like yeah. switching off my brain. I haven't figured that out yet, but it's like actually just having that time and stillness and, and, and being present to what's, what's there, what's, what's coming up. Yes. A great way to start the day. And I sort of feel like it's sort of feels like my caffeine in a way, like, um make I feel more open more open and clear like it yeah 
clarity when I do that. Do you find that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm on Insight Timer. Um, I'm actually a teacher on there as well, but I've been using it for myself. And even though some days I will do like a guided meditation, other days I'll do my ones or other days I will just sit there listening to the music or whatever it is. But I've noticed because I've been doing it, I think now consecutively 210 days, something like that, that I need it if I don't do it in the morning I can feel myself like really ah and I'm not yeah. like that <laughs> ah, it's so true isn't it it's like you're more reactive if, if yeah. I haven't done that grounding practice in the morning even if it's just you know 10 minutes 15 yeah. minutes 10 minutes yeah five you minutes really yeah. feel the difference right you really can yeah I'll have to check out your guided meditations yeah. inside timer I'm, I want it as well yeah. <laughs> I love that <laughs> yeah. yeah because I just think that meditation for whatever you are struggling with really helps you to figure out on your own like you can go inward and then you notice what is coming up constantly and especially if you've got a monkey mind like you were saying earlier you just constantly your thoughts are still with you you then learn to put them in different boxes or try and sort them out however you need to and it really does help to get a better understanding of where you are right now in your life and where you want to be and where you want to, what you want to do yeah absolutely yeah i i 100 agree with that and i think it is one of those practices you you do more like the more you do it the easier it gets and the more benefits you experience i think it's just the regularity of it people find hard to stick to a routine but i often describe it like brushing your teeth it's like most of us i mean maybe not not this doesn't go for everyone but like for me, even if I don't want to brush my teeth, I'll make myself do it. It's like a non-negotiable yeah. thing. I'm like, yes. I have to do it twice a day, you know, then yeah. it's done. And it's about changing your brain and your relationship to, to an activity, right? So rather than having something as like a, you know, it's sort of becoming stricter with yourself about not giving yourself the, um, the get out with it. Yes, it is. So, yeah, yeah. You know, Oh, yeah. Wait, oh, I, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that later. No, do it now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And actually, I think that's that. Actually, if you just like, okay, just do it. Like, I don't ever think it, it's, it becomes easier to stick to rather than kind of, should I do it now? Should I do it? Oh, but, uh, yeah. And it's like, actually just do it. I think that goes <laughs> for most things in life, right? If you just have an attitude of like, let's just get on with it. And, yeah. You know, don't overthink it. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And what are three things that we can take home today from our conversation? Now I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> three things. Uh, well, three things. To make time for your own self-care, whether that's sitting still for five minutes or 10 minutes or making time for a guided meditation or, or rolling out the map, you know, when you really need it. Maybe you sort of, feel you don't have time but actually making that time I think you know even if it's a small window of time every day making time for our self-care is so important and that can be different for everyone so maybe it's just a like a bath or something really yeah. nice whatever you need time for journaling just getting your notebook out and um, writing down whatever's in your brain getting it out on paper whatever works for you writing a gratitude list I think all of these things are really important I guess also what I'm really like a big advocate for, as I've said, you know, is 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 balancing yoga with more uh, resistance training and strength work and stability work. I think that is something I'm super passionate about um, helping people have a yoga practice that's more sustainable 
if you know physically and actually looking after our bodies and really nourishing ourselves yeah yeah that is one big thing yeah yeah not just kind of like with what you eat and what you take in digestively but like but like nourishing ourselves on the mat or on the meditation chair uh, cushion or you know finding what what nourishes you yes thank you oh it's been amazing and where can we find you what's your website i'll put it down below anyway so it's fine uh yogalatislondon.com so yeah oh thank you it's been amazing thank you so much oh gosh it's been a real pleasure Gemma. it's been really nice to chat right we'll definitely catch up soon Oh, so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I will see you very soon. Music.